mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Good morning, good afternoon, or whenever you guys are listening to us, welcome to another episode of Panther Puri on the Point to Point Network. Today, we have joining us from the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts. King Roy. Yeah, I did that really terribly. But yeah, we got Roy Bellamy on here from the podcast at Roy Belly on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. Um, we're going to talk some hockey today. And uh, I'm just looking forward to this. Last time we had Roy on, it was one of our most entertaining episodes and hoping this one's just as fun. I had to split it up into two pieces last time. <laughs> wow, two points. Wow. <laughs> Everybody splits their episodes up into two points. Uh, Cinephobe did that too. Uh, when it comes to me on there so eh, you're just that great of a guest you you give that much content Roy. that's how, that's how that works i, I mean we so. got the idea from you guys who split your episodes into like eight parts per day <laughs> yeah, yeah that's that true that's that's very much true you get like five episodes uh every every three days a week so we got a lot of content that we need to throw out there which is exactly what we're looking for yes <laughs> so roy the uh as of uh, the overtime win against the Carolina Hurricanes last night, the Florida Panthers are uh, sitting pretty comfortably second place in the uh, in the Florida Hockey Now Central Division. Uh, we've got uh, what seven games left in the season, I believe. So, so how do how do we think this is going to shape up? Do we uh, do we think the Panthers uh, can take over that top spot? Uh, their destiny is no longer in their own hands, of course. No more games against Carolina, uh, who's ahead of them with two games in hand. So. Uh, what do you think, Roy? Uh, I don't think they are going to win the division, um, which is sad because that would have been a nice uh, two, three matchup between Carolina and Tampa. And just let <laughs> them beat up on themselves while uh, Florida takes on either Dallas, Nashville, or Chicago. But uh, that's probably not going to happen. Um, it's looking like Florida and Tampa is going to face off in the first round, and that should be interesting. Panthers will probably take that in seven. And then ooh, ooh. they go on to the second round to lose in five against Carolina. Most likely. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Yeah. Um, uh, according to McKenzie Weaker, they can, they can beat that team. And according, according to what looks to be the season series, they can beat them once. So good for them. Uh, yeah. But it's probably, they're probably losing in five or six, probably. <sighs> I, I, I mean, I wanted to, I want to disagree with you just because like the Panthers have been so good at five on five against Carolina this year. And then just anytime special teams gets involved, they just get absolutely caved, whether it's on the power play, the PK or whatever. <laughs> anytime there's less than five on five, there's less than 10 skaters on the ice. It's really bad for the Panthers. And 
you know, I know the playoffs, more of it's played at five on five, and that would seemingly benefit the Panthers. But something about Carolina, just like every fluky bounce just always goes their way. Whether you go back to the series in Carolina where the game-winning goal was scored on an own goal by Owen Tippett, or even yesterday where that third period goal is just like Svechnikov's not even looking and the puck goes off his skate and behind Rieger and into the net. And it's like every time they play Carolina, something fluky goes on. And like, it's hard to think like that's going to change in a seven game playoff series where, you know, I, I could just see some like dump in from center ice hitting a crevice and like going in a complete circle around whoever's in net for a goal. And it's just like the dumbest shit ever happens. And yeah, five or six sounds about right. And it's not just fluky bounces. I mean, Carolina is a faster team yeah. than Florida is. And it seems like every time there's a dump in, every time there is a board battle, they're right there. They're right there in position. They're right there to cover the man. And in fact, they're right there with two men covering one man in some situations, pressuring them and in the defensive zone, forcing a turnover. That's a, not necessarily a good thing for the Panthers. So, and for the past, I would say three or four games, I really didn't see not much of an adjustment on the Panthers' part to deal with that. So, that'll be a problem if you continue to play that way in the playoffs against that team. So, Alex, I do want to go back and uh, just troll you on one thing you said. Uh, the Panthers did great with only six skaters on the ice last night. Uh, that, that was. Uh, that, that was one of the best overtime rushes I've ever seen the Panthers execute. Um, yeah. I, I watched that so many times last night, literally breaking down like every tiny little play that went perfectly their way. But that's kind of the issue, right? Like the Panthers had, it, it was 11 seconds between Trocek breaking into the Panthers zone and the puck getting behind Nedeljkovic. And it was 11 seconds of the most perfectly executed hockey I've seen the Panthers play. But yeah. they're not going to be able to keep that up for 60 minutes, unfortunately. And I, I look five on five, like you said, Alex, the Panthers do have do have the edge against Carolina, but it's a substantial edge at this point. Yeah, it's it's. I think the playoffs might actually kind of play into the Panthers' favor a little bit when refs are a little uh, a little more shy with their whistles, uh, so the, it can get a little more rough and it can be a little more edgy at five on five. And I think that could play in the Panthers favor. Uh, and if, if this ridiculous run of Carolina hurricanes, goaltending can come down like just a little. Yeah. I think the Panthers could actually go for it. I, it's not going to be an easy series. And look, we're talking like they're going to get past Tampa as like a no brainer. We're like focused on this second round series against Carolina when we haven't even started the first round series against Tampa yet. <laughs> they don't even have Stamkos yet. Or, or Kucherov. Kucherov. <laughs> yeah. And we're getting Carter Verhage back. Um, and that's it. Yeah, no, that's that's the series right there. Carter Verhage, less Kucherov and Stamkos, and the Panthers have that edge. Um, no, but like a seven-game series against either one of those teams – is going to be so entertaining. Uh, and and we're going to get a seven-game series against at least one, if not both of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're all kind of in agreement. The division, unless Carolina collapses, the division's kind of out of out of the picture. However, did you guys notice uh, Q pulled Dreamer last night, tied 3-3? Yeah. Yes. 
That's a ballsy as shit move. Yeah. So especially against Carolina, who've been so good at causing turnovers. Regulation win against Panthers. But like, I mean, you've seen it before in like the last game of the season when a team is like has to win in regulation to get in the playoffs. I've never seen a t- like I've never seen a coach pull a goalie. It's like, hey, no, we want the division. There's ten games left in the season or eight games left in the season. We need to win this game. I've never seen that before. If I you're Q the- in that situation, you're thinking like, look, you're definitely finishing either second or third. You control your destiny. It about finishing second because you've got two games left against Tampa. So why not go for it? I I respect the hell out of that oh, move. I- <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that move. That was that was aggressive. That was big time aggressive. Panthers had deep in the zone, so he was afforded the opportunity to do that and the potential of again icing the puck. So there was that too. Um actually it was not on a power play. No, there was just five on five. Yeah, it was five on I, five. Everyone thought there was a delayed penalty right. because why there would should they... have been. Yeah, yeah, there should have been. There actually should have been. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought it was a delayed penalty, but that, I, I didn't see either ref's hands up. So it was like, okay, wow, look at that. I mean, right. well, did anyone ask you that question, whether he pulled it thought, thinking it was a delayed penalty or did he just go for it? No, nobody asked that question. Of course, nobody yeah, asked I'd that hope, question. Roy, what, did, what were you Q doing? has the situational awareness to, to have made that a conscious decision and not thought that he had a delayed call. Well, I, I say I we just give you so. the credit. I would hope so. <laughs> He, he's earned the benefit of the doubt in his coaching career. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's just, let's just give him credit and say he has the balls. But I mean, you, you mentioned that, uh, that Aho hugging, mugging or hugging, whatever you want to call it, a Barkov cuddling. cuddling. I mean, let's make that... it nice. They're both, they're both Finns. They're, they, they were teammates on team Finland and also I love both of them. So I'm going to go with cuddling. So yeah, I, I'm going to get my, my, my ref talk in there though. I really don't have any complaints about the officiating in this Carolina series. Cause for once it was pretty even, it was pretty fair. Like Carolina plays a clutch and grab game and dares a, the officials to call penalties. If you want to talk about Thursday's game, I've heard so many Carolina fans complaining about how all the penalty calls. It's like, okay, but you were tripping Panther players. And it's like for them to say like the Panthers were diving when it's like sticks clearly in the skates and in between legs and guys going down. Yeah. Was it completely unheard of in this era of, of uh, game management to see one team get nine power plays? Absolutely. But it was kind of refreshing to see obvious penalties called for once. And it's like, Carolina, you were committing penalties, a lot of them. And then, you know, on last night's game, I'm Roy (laughs) smirking at me. So I I feel like I'm going to get some disagreement here, but like, Again, late in the game, Carolina was clutching and grabbing in game management. The calls weren't getting made. So to Carolina fans, you know, with the ironic hashtag Trocek was tripped on the, the exactity on the anniversary of the original Trocek was tripped. Like, no, <laughs> shut up. Like the Panthers should have been on multiple power plays to end that game and to start overtime. Whether Trocek was tripped or not, I don't give a shit. He wasn't, yeah. by the way. I just want to interject that. It was just a perfectly timed hip check. And from one angle, it looked like the tip of Uyghur's stick blade might have caught like the tiniest little edge of Trocek's skates. But like, shut up. <laughs> well, it definitely was an attempt at a hip check. It definitely an attempt. But though I still found that there were a lot of missed calls in that game, uh, in both games. And there may have been a call that shouldn't have been called in Thursday's game that led to a power play. I believe they, I believe Carolina scored on that. So 
Yeah, and I wouldn't say that the officiating was that great in this series, um, but it did cost it did cost the Panthers in Thursday on Thursday. But hey, what are you gonna do? Okay, so you, in in a sense, you agree with me that the officiating in terms of how Carolina was officiated was fine. Like they weren't like they can shut up with their complaining about the Panthers getting too many power plays. Roy is saying that there should have been one less power play for Carolina, and I'm here for that. Like, okay, <laughs> fine with me. Right, they they can shut up. Yeah, well, yes, yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but look, the fact that they tried to co-opt Trocheck was tripped from us. I I've been pretty vocal on this podcast about at least over the last like two episodes or so about the best timeline and what the best timeline is is the Florida Panthers knock out the Carolina Hurricanes uh, from the playoffs on an uncalled trip against Vincent Trocheck. I like that's that is my ideal scenario just like the total role reversal put the Panthers in the Islanders shoes the 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 Hurricanes in the Panthers shoes with Trocek getting tripped and it not getting called that's the best timeline to me (laughs) that's when I want them to co-op Trocek was tripped from us don't steal it from us in the regular season when he also wasn't tripped (laughs) I did appreciate Panthers fans. I think it was Sportsnet put out a tweet yesterday about uh, John Tavares as the first playoff series win. And it was that game six where it showed him scoring the tying goal and then the overtime goal. And they just got ratioed to hell by the small Panthers Twitter contingent uh, with hashtag Trocek was tripped. I'm I'm glad the pettiness is still there. Yeah, it will be there until the Panthers win a playoff series. I think once the Panthers win a playoff series against the Tampa Bay Lightning this, this season, uh, once that happens, I think we'll give up. We'll not give up on Trocheck was trip, but we'll. I think we'll finally let it go. We just need to so. get past that first round. I don't think. I don't think they're going to really. Get Roy, you, think, you, you think, think we're we're going to keep it alive, even though at that point we'll have won a playoff series and Trocheck's not with the team anymore. I mean, it ended the playoff series, therefore we're not going to we're not going to get rid of that. Can't can't do it. I agree with using it against the Islanders, but at some point I think we need to just let it go. And winning a playoff round is when that uh, is no. when I think that would feel right. No. Yeah, but I think that's one of those no. things in like a franchise's history where it's like the fan base that was around at that time never kind of lets it go. It's just like this is one of those things where it's like, really, we got screwed and it cost us a playoff series. I mean, not to, you know, put the Panthers on the same, you know, benchmark as like, as the Red Sox or whatever, but like how many, how many of them have not, still not let go of uh, Buckner at first base? Like, even though they've won how many world series since then, they've never oh, no, let that go. That's a different situation though. But that what I'm saying. Complete different situation. It, it is a different world series. We're talking about winning a playoff series. Right. here. But what I'm saying is it's like, that's one of those things in a franchise's history where it's like the fan base never lets it go. No matter how much time passes, how much success passes. It's like, no, we had this playoff series stolen from us. No, we're always going to be King Petty about it. Team Petty. I have a total uh, flip side argument to exactly the case that you just made. Uh, Steve Bartman has a 2016 World Series ring. Yeah, that's because the Cubs actually had the balls to reach out to him and give him a ring. But the fan base hasn't forgiven him. Yes, we have. I am a Cubs fan. The Cubs fan base has forgiven Steve Bartman. The second they won the 2016 World Series, Steve Bartman was forgiven. I don't know. You still get salty when I send you the GIF. Also, first none of, of all, the, GIF, and no, second of all, no, I don't. It's GIF, <laughs> and also, secondly, 
It is he's, gift. He's, it's I Jeff. am ending this podcast. <laughs> it's two Alex, to one. you're off. Roy, you're banned. <laughs> these were no. These these were not officiating mistakes. These were player mistakes. These were errors, and of course, a fan. Uh, but this <laughs> this was an officiating mistake, and quite frankly, the Panthers, if they had a protest rule, they would have protested because that was a trip, and that should have been called a goal on that. So, but eh, it wasn't. Panthers lost the series, and uh, now we're here. Well, te- technically, Roy, you can't call it a goal unless it takes away a scoring chance. And it because- was a scoring chance. It was, it was a breakaway in his own zone. No, but Trocek was, but he wasn't in the act of shooting towards the net. He was in the act of skating away. So it would have it would it would have ended the game anyway because the Panthers would have had a power play face off in the offensive zone with ten seconds left. Like the game was over if they if that call was made. I'm just saying by the letter of the rulebook, it would not have been called an automatic it totally goal. Totally would have. Nope. It was a breakaway on an empty net. No, it was not a breakaway. Watch the play again. He's skating at the blue line, uh, al- like basically along he the blue did. line, trying to find a shooting lane. So he did not have possession. He had possession, but he did not have a scoring chance. He basically needs to be on a breakaway, about to put the puck into the net for it to be called a goal. I can't believe it's 2021. The Panthers and we're still arguing over Trojan. Uh, now we're positive it should have been an automatic goal in that. <laughs> <laughs> we're like poised for a playoff spot on a team that's constructed so much more strongly and we're still oh it wasn't a breakaway at all i don't know why i thought yeah it was. well there's nobody in front of him so, <laughs> so I... well because he was skating towards the boards no one was in front of him but there was people to the left of him right okay um okay, but he it... wasn't skating along the blue line he was still in the offensive zone but it wasn't right but what i'm saying is he was like he had the blue, like he was skating parallel to the blue line at the time Right. Okay. As that, everyone's if looking that at the is play. a delayed penalty, then the Panthers still score there. Yeah, it's a, it should have been a delayed penalty. The game was over. It would have ended the game. We would have had Game Seven, and Panthers would have won Game Seven. Yes. yes and won the Stanley won. Cup. It, well, I don't know about that. But yes, <laughs> Roy, yes. let me have this. <laughs> no. Um, Alex, the reason you can't have this is because that Panthers team wasn't actually good. No, they weren't. <laughs> they were very, very fraudulent. I don't care about the 12-game win streak. I don't care about the Atlantic Division Championship. That team was not good. They were very fraudulent. Do you really want Erica Branson's name engraved on the Stanley Cup for all eternity? That oh, I'm God. glad that team didn't win the Cup. Oh, God. Could you imagine if Eric Grant's name ends up on the cup period, even if it's as like an eighth defenseman who played one minute in the playoffs? Like, no, just no. Wow. That's a lot of hate for Eric Branson. So anyway, that was five <laughs> years ago. Um... <laughs> he, was, so, he was tripped five years ago. He was tripped today. He was tripped five years ago and he was tripped yesterday. That's true. But uh, he was, he, well, no, no, it's not. He, God, Roy, you tricked me. Your word magic. He wasn't tripped. <laughs> yesterday no i'm saying in general <laughs> five years ago up he was still today, tripped he was still tripped five years later that's he was true. still tripped he was still, yeah that's true no yesterday it was a hip check yesterday god mackenzie Weger, man what more can you say about mackenzie friggin Weger? i just like to point out he signed for another for three point something million for two more seasons oh what a steal of a contract yeah, certainly a better deal than anton strollman i'll tell you that <sighs> there are so many players you could have inserted in there Roy, and they all would have been totally accurate i mean at least brett connelly has gone 
At least Let, Brett Connolly is. Let, let's, yeah, let's, he, he got resigned by Chicago too. So. No, Riley Stillman got resigned. Oh, Riley Stillman got. Oh, sorry. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. Three and a quarter. <laughs> why, why would you give Riley Stillman three years, one point three million? I mean, it's not the biggest deal because you can bury that in the AHL and it's only like 180K against your cap, but but why? He's like a seventh defenseman, you know, who can play. He's a seventh defenseman. But, but what I'm saying bottom is like two. he's a bottom pairing defenseman. He's like he doesn't he doesn't kill you, but like there's a hundred Riley Stillmans out there. Why are you giving that you could sign for league men? <laughs> Regardless, it's it's term. We say it all the time, never give term to depth. And even if it's barely above league min, why would you do that if you're Chicago? A lot of defensive depth that they have over there. That's true. Know. Maybe it's because they don't really have any other bodies. I don't know. Who knows know. Who knows what's going on with Duncan Keith's career at this point, too? I mean, he I, could I, retire any day now. Oh, he's going to go on LTIR ret- retirement, like, and then they have what Adam Boquist, and that's yeah. like their entire and Ian Mitchell, and like yeah. that's their entire decor. Yeah. Um, but let's talk, let's talk about the deadline real quick because I know Roy Stillman hasn't even been good with Chicago. No, he's had literally two games as a positive possession player, and only one as a positive expected goals player. Well, well Roy, you haven't had a chance to really talk about the deadline other than like in quick snippets on the Dan Levitard show podcast with Stuglatz, excuse me. Um, what were your thoughts on that uh, Riley Stillman and Brett Connolly trade? Well, uh, getting Connolly off the books was big. Uh, that's one. Uh, and yeah. the other is, uh, these were good for depth on the team. So now you have bodies uh, for the playoffs, basically. So yeah. that's good. And Sam Bennett, uh, acquisition has proved to be very, very good for the Panthers, and he's had an immediate uh, effect on on their play so far since the trade deadline. So that that was a good deal. Here's here's the here's the important question. Here's the important question: Did the Panthers overpay for Sam Bennett? Did they? Uh, a lot of people are saying yes, but. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this is. Wow, Alex, I didn't know you and I were a lot of people. <laughs> well, and TJ. And TJ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we've been taking a lot of shit for that take, Roy. Yeah, so yeah. we were hoping you would kind of give us some support, but we got we got kind of support, so we'll take it. Mm, nah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how the season fares out before we uh, go on the overpaying situ- uh, uh, comments there. Uh, so far, I don't think so. Well, I like what Jacob said in, in, in on our last podcast where he's no longer going to evaluate trades as good or bad. It's high risk or low risk. And by paying as much as the Panthers did for Sam Bennett, it made what should have been a low risk trade a very high risk trade. But so far it's paying off. So who cares? Isn't that so much nicer of a way to evaluate trades than good or bad? Because I mean, it, so. It's true. You never know. Well, not that you never know, but you don't always know what you're getting out of a player when you change their when you change their uh when you change teams. So uh, I don't know, use him in a different way and maybe he's better. And that's what we're getting out of Sam Bennett. It was a high risk move given, given the cost. Congratulations, Sam Bennett. You've broken me into totally reevaluating or into making me totally reevaluate how I view trades. (laughs) 
Jeez. Um, but yeah, the Sam Bennett, that Sam Bennett trade looks really good right now. The Nikita Gusev trade signing, uh, the signing, yeah, 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 mix the Nikita Gusev signing. Then that, I mean, that looks pretty solid. The reality is, you got him for like two hundred fifty grand for the rest of the year, and now he's on your first line, and now he's on your first line, and that's allowed Anthony Duclair to go to the second line, where he has been absolutely. Why Sam Bennett's been so successful, and Jonathan Huberto is back to being a five-on-five monster. So overall, like that Nikita Goose, while his point totals haven't been stellar yet, it's brought a lot more balance to the lineup. And I think that line will perform a lot better when uh, Carter Verhage is back. And now the Panthers will have two upper echelon uh, lines that can uh, can take take play to either Tampa or Carolina, whoever they face in the first round. Almost Like we said, almost certainly Tampa. And you've now pushed uh, Wenberg and Hornquist to the third line. And that gives you a little more depth there where the bottom six won't get caved as much as they usually do when playing Tampa and Carolina. And if they're going to win a series against either team, that's what needs like the bottom six needs to at least be a net zero. You can't give up goals on when the bottom six is out there and just hope the, the top six outplays you know, Stamkos, Kucherov, and Sorelli. Like, that's not fair. Right. Barkov and Verhage can match up against any any line in the NHL. Huberto Bennett Duclair can evidently match up against any line in the NHL. So as long as your bottom six isn't an active detriment to your ability to win, you've got to give the Panthers some credit for their ability to win, to win games and to win a series. And yeah, Alex, you, you hit it right on the head, especially, I mean... I I'm gonna I'm gonna say a name here that's gonna be shocking. Not necessarily shocking. I'm not trying to clickbait my own point, but Mason Marchman, when you reinsert him into the bottom six, it's actually gonna look pretty good. He he's been really good at driving play in a bottom six capacity. Um uh, he can play third or fourth. I really hope that Mason Marchman, when he comes back from injury, I really hope that Ryan Lomberg becomes the 13th forward again, because I I've seen enough of him, to be honest. He, he brings that energy. Sure. He he's un, unafraid to drop the gloves. I've seen enough of him actually trying to play hockey at an NHL level though. So. Wow. Wow. That's but, cold. <laughs> are you, are you a Lomberg fan, Roy? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a Lomborg fan, but there were two games within the past couple of weeks that he actually performed at, admirably, you know, but that's about it. I mean, I mean, really all he is is a spark plug at the uh, bottom yeah. of the lineup. So, yeah, my, my issue with Lomborg is I, I agree with you completely. Spark plug is the exact term I was going to use to describe him. The issue I have is he takes too many penalties and he really doesn't draw enough penalties. And if you're going to be, you know, that spark plug slash rat type player in the bottom six, you have to have a positive penalty differential. Like you just have to, or all you're doing is hurting the team. Look, step one is you should be a positive impact when you're on the ice. Step two is if you're willing to drop the gloves and bring that energy, that's great. But the most important thing should be the ability to positively impact play on the ice. I, it, it baffles me that people will totally look past a player's actual skill level 
in because they because they fight. That's there, there's there's a very clear sect of hockey fans who do that, and they bother me so much. Because they believe a fight leads to a goal. Technically, it that's not. By the way, a goal leads to a goal. In case anyone, in case there was any confusion out there, goals lead to goals. Fights don't lead to goals. Technically, a fight did lead to a goal this week. Sure, <laughs> I'm not saying say that, that there can't be a random sequence of events after uh, uh, in which a fight does not eventually become a goal. I mean, if you want to wake your team up, <laughs> I mean, because the Panthers did come out flat up until that fight happened. And then, Look, I, I'm not going to sit here game. and pretend that like energy isn't an important part of this game and that adrenaline of watching your team, uh, watching your teammates stick up for your team isn't, it can't be helpful. I'm, I'm not going to say that. But, like, man, it should be so much more important for a player to positively impact what's going on during the game well, I than saw some... their, their penchant for dropping the gloves. I agree, and I saw a tweet, and this was more about face-offs and why I think face-offs are overrated, but it applies to this as well. Someone tweeted out, like, oh, yeah, having a, uh, a plus 53% face-off guy is really good, but if his wrap-em charts are deep red across the board... Uh, when, you know, yeah, you may send him out there Glenn when you're Denning. right. But when if you send him down there out, you know, in a, for a defensive zone draw, down one with three minutes left, maybe the reason you're down one with three minutes left is because you have a bunch of guys with deep red wrapping charts who who are good in the room and take good faceoffs. Like, look, there's also wrapping charts can also for for guys like that. Those charts can also be very heavily affected by Fogo guys. Um, mm-hmm. The Fogo being face off get off which is you put a guy on for a defensive zone draw just to win that draw and then skate off the ice the issue there being if you don't win that draw you're faced with shot attempts against you're never given the opportunity to get to break out of your own zone because your job is to win a face off and get the hell off the ice so a guy like Luke Lendenning is impacted by that strategy where you have him because he's good at good in between the dots but you don't actually use him in the offensive zone Right, because um, he can't. And that's, but, that, but that's the point is maybe you're down by one goal because you have a Fogo guy who gives you nothing offensively and is mediocre at best defensively. And it's the same thing with energy guys. You, you know, yeah, that you may need them to get into that fight to wake a team up, but maybe the team, the re- reason the team needs to be woken up is because when your line's out there, it's getting caved in. Right. right. You need to do both. I that's why I love a guy like Radko Gudis. I wish we saw Radko Gudis fight more. Radko Gudis is the perfect example of a guy who's an extremely strong possession player who's also got a mean streak. Like why is he not the one dropping the gloves if someone needs to be stood up for? Why waste a roster spot on Ryan Lomberg when you have Radko Gudis, when you have Patrick Hornquist, when you have Nola Chari? Like why? <laughs> Winatari is not hurt. Winatari is not hurt. Right. Well, but we're, then we're... again, you do have to carry seven defensemen for that to happen, you know. So there's that too. Yeah, I'm fine with Radko Gudis not fighting. I've seen a few people mention like, oh, Radko Gudis, you know, he should fight more or whatever and be that enforcer on the ice. I'm like, nah, he does a pretty good job of it without dropping the gloves and being on the in the box for five minutes, yeah. especially when this team is currently carrying Keith Yandel who they do not trust at all in the defensive zone. So you would essentially have to play with 4D 
during that five minutes for every defensive zone draw. So I'm fine with Radko Gudis not fighting. I think he's done a great job of being that enforcer. And he's kept the uh, dirty hits that made him an enemy of pretty much all Panthers fans to a minimum this year. Like there have been some that are, you know, on the line that probably should have at least gotten a fine from the department of player safety, but like there hasn't been one of those chicken wing elbows that he was really known for during his Tampa tenure that um, Philly tenure and his, well, is his entire career. I'm just saying there really hasn't been a play where I'm thinking to myself, yeah, Radko, you, you need to get a game or two. Like, there's been some stuff that's like, yeah, maybe you should have gotten a double minor or something, but <laughs> nothing too bad. And that's I'm pleasantly surprised by that because as much as, you know, goon hockey has its benefits, like you never really want to be the team that like survives by taking cheap shots at other teams. Right. He, he hasn't tried to behead Matthew Perot this season, which is nice. Right. right. That's, that's the play that sticks out in my mind from his Philly days against the Jets when, God, that just brought that stick down right on yeah. Matthew Perot's neck. That, that play will always stick out in my mind. He doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> He's learned his lesson. Yeah, the, the one that sticks out for me is Tampa days where Keith Upshaw was still a Panther, and he just chicken wing elbowed him right at the blue line, and it was the most obvious high hit, five-minute major, uncalled, no DOPS call, and I was just like, what's the fucking point of all of this if that call doesn't get a five in a game? Scotty Upshaw. Scotty Upshaw, excuse me. Jeez, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling today. So, like, all all this really just to say that Ryan Lomberg isn't good enough, and I'm very excited for Mason Marchment to be healthy again because I think you just remove Ryan Lomberg from the lineup and you put Mason Marchment on your lines in your bottom six, and all of a sudden the Panthers actually have a pretty decent four-line team that they can roll. Yeah, your first Alex Wenberg is one goal away from tying his career high for goals in a season. In a season with... The se- this season as a whole has fewer games than he's ever played in a single season. He's one goal away from tying his career high. He's been good. Like I, I still don't yeah, like him as okay. a second line. I don't. Well, <laughs> I don't, if you if you call him a third line center, he's been good. I don't like to call him a second line center, but it kind of goes to show you when you put an elite playmaker like uh, Jonathan Huberto on your line. See, I got that name right. All oh, of yeah. a sudden, you can start you getting better. pucks in the net. You can start getting pucks in the net, and I mean. Wenberg was a guy who could not find the back of that in Columbus. And, yeah. you know, who just spoon fed him goals this year. And, you know, he's created a few for himself. So it's good. You know, he's been, a, he's a good third line center for this team. And I'm glad Sam Bennett shockingly has been an adequate second line center or a good second line center at this point. So this roster has a lot more balance. I mean, yeah, it, it's so much better. I mean, just to finish on the Marchman point, they're going to go into the playoffs, assuming health with Marchman, Achari, and what, Lustarinen or Walmart as the third winger? Lewis and Darnin. that's mm. Lustarinen. 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 Either, either way, that's a, Is that very, what that, said? <laughs> that's a very good fourth that's line. the official uh, NHL player name pronunciation guide. And also one of our Finnish listeners uh, DM'd us at the beginning of the season when we first, uh, or last year. It was last year when yeah, it first traded year. for him. Um, he, he said... Uh, <laughs> That generally we do a pretty good job, but hearing us say uh, hearing us say Etu Lowestarnin's name the first time apparently got him uh, wound up so much that he DM'd us the proper pronunciation of it. No, he said, he, he emails a voice message with the oh. proper pronunciation. <laughs> I didn't think I know that. I think TJ listened to it, or maybe it was you, Alex, who listened to it first. I don't think I ever actually heard it. Lowestarnin. 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 Lusarinen. Yep. The yeah, right there. Star is the uh, is the is the 
most powerful syllable. Louis yeah. Star. Okay, there you go. Nailed the, it. The emphasis is on star. Louis Star. And then it's Etu, right? Not E2? Etu. Etu. Etu Louis Star. Etu Louis There we go. Um, the other interesting question, of course, about the Panthers' center lineup here is Anton Lundell, man. He could come over for the playoffs. I heard something that they're not allowing that this year, oh, that you're not allowed uh, to bring in players from sense, Europe actually. because of COVID. I've that, heard yeah, that, that, that would make thing. sense. Uh, it would be COVID. unfortunate, but yeah, that's too bad. Let's assume, though, that that's not true. And someone just said that to you because it would have been funny for you to believe it, Alex. What is that? Do you throw Alex Wenberg on a wing at that point? I mean, I think you put when, uh, uh, not Wenberg, um, long, Jesus. I'm, <laughs> oh, it's like man. my worst podcast ever in terms of getting names, right? I mean, we're going to need to institute a fining system here. Like Roy would be having a field day with the $2 fines I'd have to pay. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think you put Lindell on the wing just because he'd be the 19 year old coming over to the NHL. And like he hasn't played much game, many games on NHL size ice. Like you give him the easier responsibility and put him on the wing. I don't know. I, 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 I think don't know you're. If you, I don't know if you start him as a winger. I, I think you want to get Lundell as an NHL center immediately. Like as soon as he can be a center, you just. I, I don't think you get him many games as a winger. You want him to be a center. You want him to develop as a center. Yeah, but you're not really worried about development when you're in a playoff run right now. You're you're worried about like what's the best lineup we can ice and giving the 19 year old kid the least the I'd least be difficult responsibilities. To bet that Anton Lundell is better defensively right now than Alex Wenberg. And I like Wenberg. I don't think he's fantastic, but I would be willing to bet that Anton Lundell right now would be more effective defensively than Alex Wenberg. It's an argument. It's an argument. I think you're. I think you're right overall, but I'd want to see him prove it first. But how are you going to let him prove it if you don't give him the chance? You can prove it on the wing. You can still make an impact defense. You're. You're. Be- you're talking favorite- to Mark Stone's biggest fan. That's I what know. I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say you love Mark Stone. Let him prove it on the wing. And Jakob Silverberg also. Jakob Silverberg should have also always been in Selkie uh, Selkie conversations. I I just need to throw that out there. Not, never as good as Mark Stone, but Silverberg fantastic defensive winger i mean this is the same team that uh had a defenseman play forward in mark pissick so you know they're, they're able to actually make that adjustment so if he if well, he's probably not gonna obviously he's not gonna do that because of covid but in this hypothetical situation if he did come over the panthers are able to do that Pesic's having a great year by the way i just looked at his friggin wrap chart and my goodness <laughs> Can we, can we throw some hate his way, though, for ruining no. what would have been an amazing story yesterday? He tied that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Detroit almost won that, <laughs> won that game one nothing, getting outshot like 45-10. to 10, And Mark Pesek had to ruin it. If anyone bad. had to ruin it, I'm glad it was Pesek, though. That was bad. That was bad. That was Detroit, awful. <laughs> the fact that Detroit was ever winning that game is... <laughs> Really, just outstanding. I think at I one point really it was like forty-one to, to six to shots. That, that was bad. <laughs> I want to. What was what was the final shot count in that game? I I need to. Oh, oh, fifty-two to seventeen. Okay, at least at least Detroit broke into double digits. Yeah, but I think that was late. Dallas literally tripled them in terms of shots on goal. Yeah, that yeah that probably happened after the the game got tied. <laughs> and then okay, now we got now we got to put. 
puck on the net now. <laughs> I mean, and Mark uh, oh, Roy, you haven't gotten your thoughts on uh, Spencer Knight. What do you think of his debut? Uh, very good. Of course, the defense played well in front of him, but he was uh, he was very good. He was in position. Although I, I was worried on that goal that was uh, overturned. The Vetrano, uh, yeah, yeah, the Vetrano goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was about to call it the Vetrano goal, and then I was like, well, that's not accurate, but it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, like seeing Spencer Knight slide about 15 feet away from the crease was a bit disconcerting, but uh, that ain't go against him outside of that. Very good in position. Did not leave all too often out of the out of the crease uh, as far as uh, facing shots is concerned. So very good. They played well in front of him, and I was uh, thoroughly impressed. He got a he was he got a star in the game, and uh, it was a it was a good win. And I was happy to see that the future playing well for the Panthers. Now, Roy, the, the most important question is, uh, can you give a 30-second overview of what reverse vertical horizontal is? Uh, I cannot. <laughs> sure. Roy clearly has not listened to our goalie-to-goalie podcast from earlier this week. <laughs> uh, no, that, that, that's a new one. That right there, to me, is a new one. It was a new one to me last week also. Not even last week. It was like four days ago, five reverse. days ago vertical horizontal so what, what are you saying is lateral play on the back end is not uh, is, is alex i'm gonna give us another try um okay, so reverse for you're welcome ian or i'm sorry <laughs> reverse vertical horizontal is a goalie positioning tactic in which they're hugging the post and if they're on the right post it's like their right pad, their right leg pad is up against the post and their left leg pad is essentially down perpendicular to their right leg and the post to, to maximize the coverage area of just like right around the crease, right around the net. Am I, am I in the ballpark, Alex? Okay. So what is that like an L formation? Uh, that, that's, that was my, that was my vision of it as Ian was explaining it to us a few days ago, but. Well, well the key, the key point is what is the exact positioning of the right leg? Isn't it just like tight up to the, to but the post? It, but is it okay? So here's the post. Is the pad like this or like no, this? No, the right pad is stacked up to the right post. Right? Wrong. That's, ah, damn it. That's, so that's vertical that's horizontal. Vertical. So that's that's the horizontal portion okay. of. Hmm. The easiest way to explain it, Roy, is I mean, do you remember like if watch? I mean, you've been watching hockey for years. Old school goalies when the puck was behind the net. They would basically stand right up against the post and just kind of hug it tightly. Yeah. That's vertical horizontal, where basically you and the post are parallel and you try to create a seal. What that the issue with that is it actually there's holes lower and your ability to move from that position is hindered because you're so skates on the post. Right. Your skates on the post, like you really aren't like able to quickly move from that spot. So reverse VH is now you're in what's considered like a half butterfly. And the, instead of being tight to the post like the, this, you have your leg down and then you kind of hug the post like this. And that way you're able to move a lot easier when the puck moves out because you can just do a, what's called a uh, power push from your, from your half butterfly and you're able to move out, but you also seal the complete bottom of the net. Now you do give up some space over your shoulder, but the odds of the puck getting there from that angle are 
much smaller than getting beat lower, which is the weakness of vertical horizontal. So as we get into deep into goalie talk again, that's what reverse VH. But if you watch goalies today, when the puck's behind the net, that's called reverse VH. And, you know, goalies in the 90s playing vertical horizontal. So on your glove side, if you're right. Perfect. That's the exact, exact photo right here. As that's uh, Corey Schneider displaying it. <laughs> yeah, Corey Schneider. But that's that's essentially what reverse VH is, and every single goalie in the NHL now uses it. And Spencer Knight is one of the best at it in terms of technique. Like his technique is flawless. And you were talking about that, Roy. Like his technique is good where he never seems to be moving. You bumped on the exact same thing me, Ian, and uh or me, Ian and David bumped on on that Vetrano play where how the hell is Spencer Knight 30 feet out of the net when the puck's behind in the net? And it's because he got hit. Like it was just so shocking to see a goal, a young goalie who's that technically sound be that far out of the net. So we knew something had to be wrong and you saw it well. So Roy is clearly better at evaluating goalies than Jacob. So suck it, Jacob. That's fair. I don't claim to be a goalie expert. I claim to be a skater expert. I'm a goal. I'm, I'm a paper goalie expert. I, hey, you're I a paper skater expert too. All paper. you ever do is look at charts. Do you even watch games, Jacob? No, oh. I, I I just literally watch the the watch uh, them the on paper. Puck, the Money Puck XG chart go, and that's how I watch games. You watch them on paper. <laughs> no, I I just feel like I need to clarify. Yes, I do watch the games. I don't think I missed a game this season. Actually, maybe one, but yeah, I only missed one. <laughs> and uh, and you're going to games, right? With with your press pass, or are you have you not been uh, going this year? Oh, you should. In fact, I have my bag laptop bag which i carry with every game mm. nice very official the, uh, and he, he's got all of his his all of his tags his security tags <laughs> oh look at all the tags here there's there's a good oh could be like 15 i don't know well considering there's what 23 home games so yeah 15 sounds about right because i think there's 28 28 excuse me i can't math either i'm a lawyer remember lawyers don't do math remember the last episode that's right <laughs> But yeah, we... it's all about dissertations. Yeah, dissertations. <laughs> there we go. Being eloquent with our words. That's right. Which I have done a horrible job at this episode. <laughs> I was going to make the joke. Oh, I'm glad you oh, did it because shit. my brain was having a hard time putting that joke into words. But yeah. Lestarin. Lestarin. You fell back into the old ways, Roy. Lestarin. Lestarin. Oh. Lestarin. Oh, that's, now that's, he's a, just... that's, that's a good like intentional mispronunciation nickname for him yeah i'll give it to stugatz <laughs> <laughs> oh you should give that to stugatz for a... oh you will you don't do the weekend uh, well you do the weekend of this but you don't do the uh this the sports center updates anymore right so he doesn't really have to read names no not necessarily no uh okay. that was uh that responsibility has been given to chris Whittenham. he's a doing sports updates for no apparent reason because it's a podcast, but yeah, yeah. Gonna do? yeah. All right. Well, you still need to find a way to feed uh Lustarn into uh Stu guys, just sneaking into weekend observations. Lustarnin. Lustarnin. Yeah. To Lustarnin. I mean, Mike's a hot Mike's Mike's a surfer hockey guy. He can, he can do it for us. Yeah. He can't say Lustarnin. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that is going to end up on stump the meat right away. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's gonna turn that into four words for sure. Like they came and say etu. I mean, let alone 
Well, he, can't, well you can't say women, right? Isn't that, isn't that the word he always bumps on women? How? Yeah, uh, what? It's a uh, plural uh, uh, situation. So when he's talking about a group of females, he always says woman. And when he's talking about a singular female, he says women. That's that's how that works. You yeah. know, I was about to give him the pass for the plural because it is still W-O. So, like, phonetically, woman is still is right. It's just localized to women. No, I mean, but it's the, uh, the M-A and M-E situation. Yeah, no, that's that's the weird <laughs> that's part. <the> problem. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, on from pronunciation of more basic human English words. Um, man, so seven games left in uh, in this season. The last two, we mentioned it uh, very briefly earlier, but those last two against Tampa are likely going to decide the final seating uh, in the Central Division. Yeah, either they get home or they get away. So that's uh, that's what's going to happen. Well, let's go around. How how important does everyone think that is? Uh, I would I would call it a nine game series instead of a seven game series. Yeah, I, I started doing that a little bit too, Roy. So so you guys are you guys are on the team that it's super important. You need to win. You want to be the second seed. Well, I, mean, I think it's super important. Super important to get the momentum going into the playoffs. That's why it's a nine game series. That's true. We okay. we also got that report that the Panthers might be looking to increase uh, seating capacity for home games in the playoffs to forty seven percent. I think it was. Yeah, I think that's what the, up to forty seven. I think that's so, the plan for round one. Round two, I think it's still they might increase all the way up to a full capacity. That scares me a little bit, even though I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah, I'll be honest. The forty seven percent kind of concerns me. Also, I am also fully vaccinated, but. I'm looking into tickets, but I'm going to try and get into club level for the playoffs. Oh, club level rules. Just just to at least be, you know, less in, you know, around people, not to, not to sound elitist, but like the less people around <laughs> me, the better. Not to right. spend all of my time around the peasants in the 300s. Well, I did hear the, uh, the fans in the hallways uh, very excited following last night's game. And that's something that I haven't, and I heard that from the press box. And that's something I really haven't heard in a while. So uh, as much as it pains me as a human being that does not want anybody else to get infected, they probably shouldn't increase the attendance. It, it, it seems like uh, people are into it now. Yeah, I, I'd be okay with it. Let's say they put like half of the upper deck or half of the lower bowl. Like let's say the shoot one side that half of the lower bowl could be full capacity if you show proof of both vaccinations. I could get on board with something like that. Doing that. But like, yeah. but like, if you can't prove you're fully vaccinated, like you should still, there should still be socially distant seating. That's my thought process. Hmm. You're going to have to bring the dogs as well. <laughs> the, the COVID sniffing dogs. Yeah. Well, with the, I mean, the increases, like I'm kind of noticing this myself, like, have you noticed that non-hockey fans are starting to actually pay attention? Because I've got family members who are like, hey, the Panthers are good, right? Like, oh, I was watching the game last night. Like, People that never watch hockey that, you know, they'll watch a rerun of SVU before they watch a Panthers game. And they're sports fans. They just don't care. And now they're watching hockey. And I'm like, hey, okay, yeah, no, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Barkov guy is good. And um, what about you guys? Are you are you starting to hear that from your friends and family who aren't normally hockey fans starting to ask you about the team because they know you're that that one guy they know who likes hockey? 
But not not friends and family, but I can tell you that national attention, uh, I did notice that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I also started to notice that now, based off of this series, that now all four local stations wanted to come to the game. <laughs> and that, that that's something good. I haven't seen all season. And that's good. It's real good. So I saw him in the uh, Zoom the uh, the uh, post game press conference on Zoom, uh, all four stations getting represented. Good. NBC Sports was there. Good. NHL Network was there. Good. So, yeah, it's good seeing this recognition nationally and obviously more recognition locally. So, good on them. Yeah, I'm getting it from a lot of coworkers actually. For the most part, my friends and family are Panthers fans and are already watching. Um, but a lot of my coworkers are, are starting to like, I'll get on a call with, with some of my, some of my colleagues uh, at the office and at the end of doing whatever business they called me to get done, they'll be like, Hey, so what, what's going on with the Panthers? Tell me because my, my love for this team is certainly not hidden in the workplace. Uh-huh. Um, so I'll, I, I've been getting coworkers lately uh, ask me how, uh, how the team's doing and what, uh, what to look out for and uh, ask me about the playoffs and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's been really, really great uh, seeing that extra attention being paid. But I mean, look, I'm not surprised by it at all. This is what winning will do for your franchise. Just look at the beginning of the 2016 season. Even though they got bounced in the first round, those first few home games in 2016 were crazy. And then they started losing again. And it got back to what we were more used to unfortunately i think that if this team continues going like this team is set up to to win to to at least be competitive for a while this isn't that flash in the pan 15 16 team this team is going to be this good for a while and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and i i think the panthers are going to finally start generating some more consistent attention and recognition it's also a good thing to see now they've I guess bought the land that houses the Fort Lauderdale War yeah. uh, War uh, Memorial, yeah. so they're gonna transfix that into a uh, practice. Well, I want to say practice facility, but it's gonna be like a another uh, ice rink for people to go. No, that, that that the the long term plan is for yeah. the um, the War Memorial to be the full time practice facility for the team. Because the, what they're hearing, especially from their younger players, is that they'd rather live near the beach than in Parkland. <laughs> so that's 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 why they did it. And they, it's kind of, you know, one of the big selling points for Bobrovsky and Panarin was like, hey, you know, we're going to move this team closer to the water so you can live on Fort La, you know, live near Las, Las Olas and get to practice in 10 minutes. I know a lot of the, you know, Luanco lives in Parkland. I think he, <laughs> Stu Gott says he sees them all the time walking the neighborhood, but like, I know a lot of the younger guys, they want to be near the beach, not Parkland. Um, I think Ekblad lives in Fort yeah. Lauderdale. Ekblad, Huberto. Yandel, Yandel is, the, is the weird case because generally generally speaking, it was like the younger single guys lived in Fort Lauderdale. And if you had a family, you lived in Parkland. And that was like the conventional setup. But Yandel and his family live in Parkland. Uh, I think Uyghur, Ekblad, Huberdo, Trocek, when he was here, like they all lived in Fort Lauderdale. And then, of course, Barkov likes to keep to himself up in Boca Raton. Uh, <laughs> but, gener- but even Barkov up in Boca, I think he's on the Intracoastal. Like, 
these guys like living near the water. So if, if moving the, the practice facility uh, to, to the war memorial, uh, I, I think that's going to be a really good change. And I think it'll also increase, uh, I, I think it'll also increase uh, engagement from the public because there, there's going to be something in a more, more population dense setting. Finally, the Panthers haven't really had a lot of significant pull to anywhere with any real population density since the Miami arena. Yeah. And I, and I think at this point we can kind of just assume that the ultimate goal is they want an, they want an arena east of 95. Yeah. They want their home stadium to be east of 95. I personally don't like it because I'm west of 75, <laughs> but right. I think that's what they want. That's very selfish of you, Alex. Sorry. That's, that's, sorry, I'm not sorry. Look, I'm, I'm on your boat. You and I live like five miles away from each other. Like, I get it. But for the good of the team, they should probably be a little further east. <laughs> well, well, you know, if somebody lives close to the turnpike, you know, that kind of works out for me. So... I would yeah. thoroughly I'm, I'm enjoy right that. between the turnpike and 75. I'm like dead between, like right between them. Like <laughs> I live near the overpass on the turnpike. So yeah. <laughs> and so I'm. I can come I'm, visit you, Roy. You're probably only like seven miles from me too. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that you're seven miles away from me. You're I 75. I'm over here in like near Hollywood. So. <laughs> oh, so is he, he's, he's uh, east of 75. I'm west of it. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm well, literally like right in between 75 and the turnpike. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Maybe you could then. <laughs> <laughs> Where, yeah, so I, I guess the three of us are kind of a nice little triangle in southern Broward County. <laughs> yeah. So we all kind of like where the stadium is right now, but for the, sure, the team, if there are north, plans yes. to move east, I think that would be beneficial. I just, I don't think there are really plans to move the stadium that the Panthers play their NHL games in anytime soon it's going to take some time i mean they've gotten until 20 what 2028 20 i thought it was 24 oh no they just extended it from 24 yeah it was a 23 or a 23 24 was the opt-out and then it can be 28 and then but it runs through 28 i I, but i do think the eventual goal is to be east of 95 again i don't like it but we'll deal um panthers are seven games seven basically two weeks away from a playoff series where they should be extremely competitive in. I mean, Tampa is Tampa. And if Kucherov and Stamkos are healthy, they deserve to be the heavy favorite in the series, but I don't see any reason why the Panthers can't compete with them. I don't, I don't know if I want to predict a win, but um, I'll do it. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't want to, I'll do it. (laughs) I, 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 I just hate, I just, I just don't want to be conceited enough to say, yeah, we're going to knock off the best team in the uh, best team in the NHL or one of the two. If I'll you do it. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you, you and Jake, Roy and Jacob live. All on right, that here take. we go. Ready? This, this is how this goes. Uh, Panthers in, uh, in seven over the lightning, then Panthers in six over Carolina. Oh, Jesus. Uh, then I'm going uh, Panthers in five over Toronto or no, we're in going five. Against, uh, did not play in the north west sorry well no it's it's all based on it's not it's based on points oh it's reseeded it's reseeded based on points Uh, so they could panthers in five over whoever we meet up with in the conference finals because screw it i'm going all in either toronto or colorado over the over the colorado avalanche to return the favor from 96 that's that's how this story ends actually no there's one way to do this heat and five 
I don't, I don't think you can actually do it that way, but okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a thing. There's a thing here. I gotta be this. I gotta be Stu guys for just go Heat and five. No matter what, it's always Heat. Well, and five. If that's the case, you have to go Panthers in five. Yeah, this, like this season <laughs> ends with the Florida Panthers sweeping the Colorado Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup. I'm okay with that. Twenty five years, marking my territory. Twenty five years and twenty five year anniversary <laughs> of that Cup series. Uh, return the favor. I'm okay with that, and I think that's a with Joel Quenville on the other bench. Yeah, and I think that's a good place for you and I to wrap. Roy, why don't you give us the final word on this podcast? Um, there's not really that much to say. We just said everything. So <laughs> that's the final word. <laughs> I like it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Panther Rupuri on the Point to Point Network. Thank you so much to Roy Bellamy for joining us. Uh, just like last time, this was so much fun. We got to do it again when the uh, playoffs start. Um Make sure you check out uh, the Viget app. PTP Hockey is the coupon code. We also have a giveaway for a one-year subscription to Florida Hockey Now. All the information on that is on Twitter. Uh, thank you again for listening. Follow Roy Belly, Roy Belly at Roy Belly on Twitter. Listen to the Dan Levitar show with Stu Gotts. Currently, where you get any get your podcast, they'll be on the air again soon. But if you're not listening to the Dan Levitar show, like what are you doing? It's the most entertaining thing other than the Point to Point Network. But uh, thank you again for joining us, Roy. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.